Alrighty, welcome back everyone to Grace Accept Evolve Podcast with James and Ray. How you doing today, James? I am doing all right, Ray. How about yourself? Better. Okay. Uh, okay. The past couple of days than uh, past week has been. So yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah. I was actually thinking, uh, audience and listeners, that I was just thinking I need a lot of uh, grace acceptance <laughs> and evolving in this moment. Actually, it just got a little bit better because I uh, I saw my neighbor uh, just drive by and I saw him like pulled up. So it must have meant like he was going to be home for a temporary period of time. Hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we just hop right into it. So the connection, uh, everyone, with my neighbor driving by, part of my necessity for grace and acceptance is because, uh, and to evolve, is because I, I have a new neighbor that just moved in. And like it's the neighbor that used to own, well, I guess he's owned the house the entire time. And when they move, um, I thought it changed ownership a little bit, but he might have bought it back or something and then he rented it out. And like since he's moved back in, he has been loud. Like he's one of those mm-hmm. neighbors. He plays music all the time. He's he has the surround sound system in his in his room or whatever. And so I can hear his TV all day and all night. Like he'll be up at 5 a.m. in the morning playing the television loud. And then on top of that, he has like two bulldogs, um, or pit bulls, which I love pit bulls, um, um, obviously. But, you know, pit bulls tend to, those particular dogs in general tend to take on the energy of how they're raised and their ownership. So they also reflect uh, his energy. Um, but anywho, their gate is like four feet away from my window and they bark all the time. And so it's been quite challenging uh, in my own process and journey of them moving in, um, kind of find out, I think, you know, the previous people who were there might, I think might've been his relatives, but they were, they were a a little bit difficult as well, Uh, but at least they were quiet. But this Mm -hmm. guy here, he is, man, it's, I, I don't think I've had a full night sleep quality sleep since he maybe like two nights out of like 14 since he moved in and so um yeah i've been working with that i've been processing that and um it hasn't been easy it has not been easy it has not been easy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well interesting that you say that because the only thing i could think about this before we started recording and a topic that i wanted to talk about potentially and I don't even know if it'll go with this um, mm. vein of conversation, but I was thinking a lot about boundaries. Mm. And mm. I don't know if that would, should we talk? I don't know. I just, that word boundaries kept coming up to me uh, mm. before we started recording. So it is interesting because if we will talk about that, it's like this person is living next to you mm-hmm. and they obviously pay the mortgage on that house and mm. probably um like they're within their rights to do whatever whenever they want like their home is like their sanctuary just like mm. your home is your sanctuary kind of vibe but like 
where's the middle ground, you know, because that is, I mean, I've personally, for those of you that don't know if y'all haven't caught it on the podcast before I've lived with James before and, um, there, yeah. So I, I know how sensitive you are to noises as well as am I. I I think at the time we were living together, I wasn't as sensitive to noises as you were at the time. And um, now I'm way more sensitive to noises. And by the way, I, I, I do like I remember our last recording. I don't know if you edited it out, but like no one could hear the dogs last time. But uh-huh. um, I don't and I, I hear them barking through here, but I don't think that they'll it'll pick up on the recording part. Just uh, potentially. It, it, yeah, it picked up a little bit on the last one, but yeah. Oh, you edited it out? Uh, I kept it in. Oh, it okay. wasn't it wasn't too loud to where it was like overbearing, but Okay, cuz I didn't hear it last time. But um but yeah, so so how have you been processing this experience so far? So it's been a combination of ways. Uh overall I viewed it as an opportunity um because I saw a theme happening. So obviously, as you expressed, I immensely enjoy my silence and my and my quiet and my peace. And like, I love stillness or natural sound. So like if it's birds chirping or the wind blowing or rain and stuff like that, sounds coming from electronic devices or just as or incessant. And I think it's also been because of the the degree of it. So like mm-hmm. there was like Tuesday night, he had a, a might've been a housewoman party, but he had a get together on Tuesday, which I mean, who has a get together on a Tuesday night and plays music to like nine 30. Um, and then on top of that, again, with his, with his TV system, it's, and then some of our listeners may be able to identify with this. It's one of those systems where I can hear the TV going and on top of that, it makes that home theater vibration bass. So it's like the vibration of the bass is like pulsating all throughout the night and the day because he pretty much has it when he's home, which he's retired. So I'm actually talking about an older person. I would think this would be coming from a younger person, but this person's in their 50s or 60s or something. And so the TV's going all day and that's that vibration and that that rumbling is is happening all day long. And then on top of that, um, you know, again, he plays his music loud and he has these two dogs. And so I almost forgot your original question, but so the, the way I have been handling it is, uh, um, that was the question. I've yeah. Been processing it. Yeah. I've been, yeah, a lot of things have been coming up. So one thing to get direct to it is anger. So lately I've been, uh, opportunities come up to where I've been working with anger. And so in this process, I immediately almost wanted to externally resolve the matter, which I did. You know, I went and talked to him once, uh, bef- you know, two times total. And so one time before, but really both times, it was at least obvious to me that the, that there was a communication breakdown. He wasn't like fully hearing what I was saying or understanding the, the degree of what I was saying and how much of a disturbance it is and bother, you know, how bothersome it is. And so, and also he got kind of defensive now, you know, he got kind of defensive and it was just giving these excuses that felt like BS really. And so then I went to go, I was like, man, I'm going to study 
what are the laws? So speaking about boundaries and stuff like that, I was like, well, what are, cause there are noise ordinances, you know? So even though for those listeners, there is laws in place and protection in place for different environments, especially here in New Orleans, where we have a, a city that's part commercial, part, you know, touristy, part residential. So there are laws here, but they're in every, um, every city and state that help protect communities and homeowners and residences, whether they live in an apartment or residential home. So I, I went studying and I wanted to make sure that I was well abreast of the laws. And so obviously I'm aware he's breaking a law. I don't think he's fully aware that he's breaking a law and I'm trying, trying to be neighborly about it. And so I went to go talk to him twice, but then those two attempts were unsuccessful. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to get uh, a third party in. And then actually, I, you know, there was a different, a separate situation uh, about a year ago that felt similar. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to try to convince this person to see things the way I see it, because obviously we have two different um, train of thoughts or two different perspectives about the situation. So I just let the authorities, I let a third party, you know, I let the yeah. authorities communicate the message a little bit more clearer. And then so fast forward, I was going to call. Well, actually, I already filed a complaint and I had filed and I was filing my second complaint on Wednesday. And the lady asked me, the operator asked me if I wanted um, her to send the message, pass the message on to have someone dispatched. And immediately I said, yeah. But then something else set in and I was like, um, I just started thinking, OK, is that the best decision da, 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 in this moment? So I called my brother, talked to him. He shared some, you know, his perspective insight. And then also my neighbor on the other side is a police officer. So I waited. I was like, well, maybe I should talk to him, you know, get some outside perspective to make sure that I'm approaching this the right way or to the best of my ability or the most efficient way. And so I waited. So I canceled the dispatch and then I waited to talk to my, my other neighbor who's a cop, got his perspective on it. And then somehow later that evening, I started to see the, the opportunity in it. And when I say opportunity, I started to see a pattern. I was like, okay, this event, this situation is happening or coming up, quote unquote, for a reason, maybe. Or maybe what is the, like, what if I address or I approach this? I look internally into the anger that's coming up because the anger was coming up. And it was a narrative in my head that going with it. So like, especially since it's been so consistent, it's a little bit different than if like anger arises, say like while I'm driving or something. And it is, is immediately as the anger came, you know, I guess just out of practice or whatever, I can let the anger go. Or if it's a situation that I'm not connected to anymore, as easily as the anger came or was present, once I remove myself from the situation, I can let the anger go um or process it a little bit differently but this time i was like around i was like okay this is consistent it's continually happening and so i'm continually in touch or being present with this anger that's coming up and not to say that i'm i think it may be a combination you know i may still have to call the authorities and and have them dispatch someone and at the same time too i've been reflecting internally, like noticing what is my narrative? What are my stories, internal dialogue around this anger that's coming up? And so that's that's how I've been approaching it thus far. And I bought, before I got to the internal piece, I did buy a, um, 
a uh, dog barking silencer from Amazon. So when you just heard the dog barks and you saw my arm extend out, I was pressing the uh, <laughs> the silencer. And okay. so um, what's it do? It emits some sort of like high frequency sound that that is really it could be used to train the dog or to repel a dog. So somebody like if they're walking, they can have it with them. And okay. if they are getting attacked, if they, you know, see a ferocious dog come in, they can press. There's a repellent button, which the sound will make the dogs go the opposite way. Or there's a training button to where if, like I wanted to train a dog to have a certain behavior um i could use the sound to help also train the dog and so um haven't heard him bark since so very yeah device yeah so i got that too so it's been a a combination of maybe we'll we're not getting paid for this This it's not an ad but maybe we'll link it below just in case anyone else wants one of those right right right. before in my life yes yes It, it, it you know in, in extreme cool. cases require extreme uh research for resolutions okay. no, i agree i agree <laughs> and so that's been my approach which is different because mm-hmm. to the newness of it is working with my in, what's happening internally because the 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 opportunity is so consistent like mm-hmm. i really have had some profound insights and shifts um with with anger you know processing anger the energy of anger um maybe exposing new ways to manage it or deal with it or really to to allow it to move through in such an intense way like i said i've experienced it before in like passing but just to have something so continuously day after day after day it's probably been a while since i've experienced anger on a re- on a repetition, you know, on a repeated basis like that, day in and day out, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's 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 what my approach has been and what I've been up to. Um, yeah, I've I've done an, a podcast before on this saying, and it comes from The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and I don't know if she made it up, but she wrote extensively about it in one of the chapters in her book, and it's called "Anger is a Tool." Mm. And mm. I'm thinking about it a lot because there's something that we're not going to talk about today on the podcast, but something has happened in my family. And I've had, I've experienced a bunch of anger this week as well. Um, started a, like a few days ago and I've been kind of vocal about it. Haven't been trying to hide it or disregard it or That's feel good. bad about it. Mm-hmm. And mostly because during this process, I don't feel like any emotion should be, ignored Mm. in order to Mm -hmm. uh move through it and live with it and so i do feel like and i say this and this is just a perception this could not this may not be true but some people are like oh i'm not angry um or anything and i'm thinking how can you not be like that is Mm. i don't even know and so when i thought about it a little bit longer um, and on the instances, I was like, what was happening? What was I thinking about when I got angry? And I always go to, when I think about it, anger is always to me, a secondary emotion. It's not mm. the primary one. So that's why I also think, and I'm not, I can't quote it from the book. Cause I, maybe Julia Cameron says this, but this is how I've put these two sayings together. Anger is a tool and anger is a secondary emotion. 
I feel like anger points us in a direction. So to me, anger is usually an indicator that a boundary of mine is being crossed Mm. or something in my life that I know I'm capable of is not being fulfilled. Or um, in these particular cases, the situations that I was angry about, I was sad. There was moments where I was actually just sad that I wasn't able to um, interact with an individual anymore. And um, there was another moment too. Oh, and the pain that I see people going around, like feeling around me. So again, another experience of sadness that I am just so devastated to see other people going through something that it kind of makes me angry sometimes. Like it pisses me off. Mm. And I thought about it and I was like, oh, and so with that being said, um, I do think that that's why maybe boundaries was coming up for me uh, to at least mention because it's just been coming up. I do think that when we are angry, it's, it's trying to tell us something. It's trying to tell us that either kind of like what you're doing, you are, you are going to the person to have conversations. And when that's not working, you're finding your own solutions. But basically sometimes people just live in that anger because one, they don't know how to have the uncomfortable conversations or two, they're, they're not um, creating or looking for solutions. And they're just living with that for so long that for some people, the anger just starts to simmer into resentment and Mm. misery. You know, I mean, it it happens every day. Not everybody is proactive as you to go grab a, um, a dog training tool off of Amazon. So that was very, um, innovative of you (laughs) to do that. And, um, I've experienced noisy neighbors before on, on my uh, podcast, I called him the music man. He would stay up like playing music at all hours of the night. And my, my wall would literally be vibrating. And there were reasons for that. Um, wishing all the best to that individual because they had some, some issues going on and they were very kind to me when they would see me around the complex, but lo and behold, I would never tell them like you, but I did call the authorities a couple of times on him. So, um, yeah, anger is a tool if you allow it to be. And it does surprise me in how, how often people suppress it and they feel guilty for feeling it. Um, and I don't feel that when I feel anger, I definitely think it's a, it's a friend. It is trying to let you know that this is not the course that you want to be on, deserve to be on. And it can be different things. Um, can also be an indicator that there is something that needs to be looked at within ourselves. Of course, like it's not always about the external situation, but mm-hmm. more of what it's irritating internally as well. Um, so that's why I think we should, we should not, I mean, you don't seem to struggle with guilt around anger, but I'm just wondering how many people do, um, that are listening today or haven't Mm. reconciled or shame themselves for feeling angry or don't like to feel it and, or self-medicate or eat pizza, or, you know, we do a lot of different things to shut off those emotions at times, especially that one. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, uh, it feels like a part of it, is a mixture of emotions. So it could be like, there could be fear in there. There could mm. be um, questioning the unknown or really, I would say in my case, yeah. a piece of it is 
I, I want, I'm just going to use the word fear. Obviously we had a previous episode about fear. Um, but just in my case, it makes me think let's, let's actually take it back to childhood a little bit, but not really. So just aware of how I processed anger in the past. Let's go there. Just me mm-hmm. being aware of how I processed anger in the past. Like I, I, I'm aware I have to take extra steps to try to mitigate it or to try to manage it or to try to use it productively because a, if I feel threatened or if I get into a situation, like I'm not always level, like once it's almost like once I'm one of those people, once I see red, Mm -hmm. then I kind of black out until things kind of calm down again. And so just with that being aware of myself and me knowing myself, like I was even telling my brothers, like one of my reasons for not wanting to go over that third time and uh, is because I might get defensive. Like mm-hmm. if I, like you're saying, the anger is a result of something different. So it's probably a result of A, disappointment on some levels, uh, B, feeling like there's rudeness or a sense of, you know, quote unquote disrespect or just, um, like I said, not respecting boundaries of certain, the environment or the space or having to cohabitate and share the space. Um, and also, I guess the sense of not like not being heard because again, or feeling like there's a communication block because if I've already said this twice and he's on guard and I'm, then I, I'm going to get on, you know, I'm on guard. And then, so it's already been clear that that energy is a match, you know, on some level, there is a resonance there to that. We both may have the, a similar response or reaction. And so I can't really take the chance or the risk that, oh, if I go over there and he says something and he gets excited and then I get excited. And then if I, if we both, you know, if things get heightened in my defense mechanism or offense, whatever kicks in, then it could really go there. And then me not be able to draw, pull back or see anything different until, you know, the whole situation centers down. And so basically in layman terms, audience, I could get into a fight, not know any difference, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be a grown man in a fight or an adult in a fight or whatever, and then have to go there or take things to extreme measures. And then like not know any difference until, uh, uh, someone's hurt or injured or, you know, cops are called or whatever the case may be. It's like, that's how dangerous things can happen if when approached and, at least from my perspective, nobody has a sense of awareness of, and in this case, me or him, like if it's kind of clear that he might go off the handle because he might have a snappy or fiery personality. And usually I'm calm, but if somebody's fiery and snappy with me and I'm already agitated and haven't slept and, you know, for whatever other reasons, uh, if I'm already on edge or I've reached my, my, my fullness, then I can easily go over the top as well and then match his situation. And so that's the other reason with um, finding ways to at least redirect it, work with it, try to come to some other resolve and be more smart about it. Think before I act, before I, before I do, before I kind of hop into that flow of that frequency. Yeah. And find, find different solutions. There's just because, you know, like I said, uh, it, it, it's uh, smart you know, at this point. I kind of want to go back to something that you said about 
uh, fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. I think it could also be a little bit of like, yeah, it's fear of the unknown, but it also feels like somewhat like helpless. Mm -hmm. Like you have no control over it. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's still, it's still fear of the unknown. And I really resonate with that. And like that uncertainty. And also there's like a level of helplessness to that, um, that I feel could be even like deeper and more like vulnerable in a way, because like fear of like uncertainty, you're doing, you're starting to take steps to make it somewhat more certain, but like, there's something just so small feeling about going to someone and just really trying to sort something out and then them still not hearing you. And also it's affecting your life, which can potentially affect your livelihood and your, you know, your, how you sleep at night and how you, how you sleep is important to how you interact in the world. And like these different things, like, it really does spill over into other areas and to feel as if you can't control that in Mm -hmm. any way is like a sense of helplessness that is just like that would piss me off too. Like, and, but if you think about it again, it's like getting angry about something that's really deep down. I'm like, man, I just feel like we're never going to get through this. Like this Mm. is never going to work out. You're never going to hear me and my life is going to, because this is where I live too. You know, it's not Mm. like you're going to up and move somewhere. It's a fear I have of homeowning. I'm not going to lie. Like there's this for anybody that watches Netflix, again, not an ad, not trying to get y'all to watch things, but there's literally a show called The Watcher. And it's, you know, I I have a fear of buying a house with like some crazy, uh, I don't, it doesn't have to be a crazy mortgage. It's just having the debt of a freaking house and then living next to somebody that can't act right. It's one of my Mm. biggest fears in the world. It's why I kind of like renting apartments because if somebody moves in next door, I just can switch a unit or switch a place and let the chips fall where they may and hope for better, better skies and uh, clearer pastures. But the idea that I paid money, like hundreds, like signed a paper for hundreds of thousands of dollars for somebody to move in next to me and do and pull some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's on my top five, top five fears of why I will not potentially like, currently I'm not a homeowner, but but yeah, it's that sense of helplessness and um, not really having anywhere to go either. I mean, I wonder if you've flirted a little bit with the idea of moving. I mean, it's probably maybe crossed your mind a little bit, but you know, yeah. I, it would it wouldn't mind. <laughs> like mine, I'd been Googling uh, on apartments.com in a second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, again, it, it's a twofold question. And so it's a twofold scenario of, okay, what's the internal aspect to the situation or what's coming up internally with what needs to internally be addressed and then also or what can i do that so that actually is a part of the question so you you went into the direction of um things feeling unmanageable or mm-hmm. things feeling out of control so obviously in this um this this line of work or profession or arena that i'm in especially with meditation or reflection and so forth and so on it's almost like part of my intrinsic nature or, or, or habit to, or it's easily to pop up 
that, oh, I, I can manage somewhat of my internal space. Like, okay, externally around me, maybe going kind of haywire and, and out of control. And there's all these, um, these triggers or just different act things that's active. But what can I do internally to manage it? Now, while I'm saying that as well, is that I also want to have balance with it because I'm uh, in this world of duality, I realize it's not. I would love to hope that, oh, if I calm down my inside, the dogs will shut up and the neighbor would be quiet. That hasn't happened yet. Now, I will and, say and it I, has. And I want to ask you, how, uh -huh. with all the years of meditation, how often does that happen? What? That when you internally quiet down, that the world quiet downs around you. It happens quite often, actually. Really? It happens. It, it happens. I, I, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. And so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the the part of the gift or the benefit or the practice of meditation is that in those designated times and settings and spaces, and actually one of the advantages since COVID is that our group has been meeting outside. Mm -hmm. So we've quite often experienced where when we get to the setting or get to, to get to the space, it's noisy, like we're in the park. Mm -hmm. And so they got like animals, birds chirping, especially when it's, you know, nice weather outside. This per people out there having picnics, somebody's playing music. I remember a couple of times there was somebody, there was a, a, a musician artist there recording a song. We've seen people get proposed. So there's all these, there was a band practicing outside. And so there's all these different elements. And part of the goal is to try to harmonize with it or or to have some type of meditate meditative blend in sync in tune maybe with something different type experience mm -hmm. and nine times out of ten i would say 85 to 90 percent of the people there we all we're really we all do it as a group on some level but a i would say 85 to 90 percent of the people there can go in and then by the time we come out of it like the birds are really they're chirping, but they just sound different. The chimes are blowing in the in the tree because we do it by the chime tree here um, in New Orleans. And so that those sounds are going and almost like. All the other noise, just somehow it drifts or the response or the visceral reaction to it is different. So I'm saying all that to say is part of the purpose. Is, you know, some people view life as meditation. And so can I get up at the beginning of the day or can I have these experiences, whether, you know, a sit down meditation may last for an hour, at least hours last for an hour. Some people meditate 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, or however long. But what does it what does a five day meditation look like? What does a, a lifelong meditation look like? What does a two month or a multi year meditation look like when I say that? implementing these practices, implementing these experiences, what type of growth can I have if I am more intentful every day, if I am more present, so forth and so on. Now, obviously, um, everything might not shift, but I mean, I can attest that some things get better, you know, some relationships get better, some outcomes get better, um, some synchronicities, you know, are in the flow and just like, oh, okay, yeah, this all happened. And then, um, uh, 
almost want to use the word regretfully, but just just reporting live from the field, uh, things do pop up to where dogs are, you know, are next door. Reporting live. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you can, you can meditate in different places. I'm just saying, I'm in the city. I'm right in the city. Well, I ain't right in the city, but uh, I'm in a, you know, a large city with doggone neighbors. And, and so, yeah, these, you know, it's been 14 days. And uh, like I said, it's been an interesting process. And that's part of my approach. But then, like I say, even in meditation, I'll say, like, I'll have people, especially now, uh, the way we do it now, it's like, if someone feels like they need to get up, like there's a certain benefit to holding a posture position, but if they feel like they need to get up and move, they walk when they get up, they move. If they feel like they want to stand up and earth a bit, they walk when they do that. If they feel like the urge, because a lot of energy moves when we're in medita- you know, in a meditative state. So if they feel like they need to open their eyes, that's totally fine. And when they're, um, when whenever they feel comfortable to close them again, they walk them, you know, notice the breath and do so. So very similarly, I'm having an internal experience, and then I'm uh, I'm still very open to there being an external adjustment or shift that that gets made. It's just kind of tuning into, um, yeah, when when that moment arises, you know, or determining or deciding when that moment it is. So that's yeah. where I'm at with it right now. It, it's going to be yeah. soon though. But uh, <laughs> what's gonna something. be soon? Some type of external decision because I, you know, I need yeah. sleep, and you know, I, like you said, I want to make sure that this doesn't. It probably has already spilled over a little bit, but I want to again um, just ensure that it doesn't spill over into other other arenas even further. So yeah, and I would say that your meditation practice has gotten you at least this far. You know, some people exactly. may have not have been this patient or quote unquote neighborly or just a lot of different aspects to that. And you've tried to stay present. Uh, well, you have, you've, you've stayed present through the process and, um, and you're really trying to see what part is yours and what maybe, and I maybe, or you could say that I, I, what I'm hearing is you saying like I'm, I'm, I'm viewing what's happening for me internally, what I can take responsibility for and what, I hope to God this person can start to take responsibility for, because if not, this is gonna, you know, we're gonna have to get somebody else involved, which maybe somebody else would have already done that. So yeah, I mean, this is also something I thought I wanted to talk to us talk about today is like the benefits of meditation, Mm. which I think that you're pretty much a, I'll call you an expert, James. I think you're an expert in meditation. Uh, (laughs) You are. So this is like, I noticed a shift in my energy. Like even today, when you were asking me how I am, actually, now that I think about it, the past two days have been a lot better. In the past two days, I've like meditated and been with my energy for the first time in like a week since, since the family experience occurred. And my energy is just calmer. I have the same effect whenever I do yoga pretty regularly as well. So there's a piece there that wasn't there previously. Mm. So I I do find myself to be less reactive now, less reactive, more so that when hard times arise, it doesn't mean that I don't get angry, but I definitely come, I'm 
easily more to access like awareness around what's going on. I don't, I don't become easily reactive. I want to respond more when I'm, when I have a regular yoga, uh, yoga practice and or meditation practice going, I will get angry, but because I have that daily practice or that consistent practice, I've been trying to um, distinguish that lately, uh, daily versus consistent, that you can still have a consistent practice without it being every day. But I I just notice a shift, like there's just more space with emotions. Mm. There, there aren't always something to be controlled, managed, or um, uh, externally needing a answer for Mm. in that moment, you Mm. know, which is, um, we've been practicing together for a long time with meditation or, you know, you're, you were probably who helped me guided me into more of a meditative practice. And I, yoga is still my first, first choice, but meditation is becoming more present. Um, and it's very much a part of my reading, um, job. Whenever I do readings, I have to meditate before I don't, and I'd like to do yoga before anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, the, the need to understand or fix an emotion is not always my go-to when I have a consistent practice going on, which is nice because previously before, uh, having these spiritual practices, even walking helps me a lot. I needed an answer. I need to figure this out. This has got to be solved right now. This is your fault. This is your problem or, or this is me and I feel immense shame or guilt. So I need to hurry up and do something. And sometimes there's nothing to do. And I think that's what leads people to drinking and or drug use potentially because they don't have the answer on how to proceed, but they need something to get rid of the emotion. So that is to me then the benefits of yoga and meditation and why I, you know, wanted to point out that your meditation practice is a part of like who you are in daily life because of how you have, how that has progressed, um, in, and, and not needing to control your emotions all the time, but maybe there is an awareness when you are trying to control them. It's like, wait, what's going on here? Like, you know, What's, you know, understanding your emotions more so than always reacting from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's definitely that. It's almost like a self-study again. So like this self-study of, again, self-awareness or when they say awareness. And then even there's a couple of directions this conversation could go into, but I'll, I'll, I'll go, we might go into both, but one for sure, like sometimes for me, it even brings up this question of spirituality or the question of religion, so to speak. So like part of my dialogue and what I was examining, and again, speaking for myself, is feeling like this shouldn't be happening. Or even almost feeling like if we, I think we touched on this earlier, the feeling of guilt is more so a guilt of something, I must be doing something wrong or there's something that's been done wrong for this to be happening or happening to me or to be internalizing the situation. And so then it does, in a sense, raise a question of, oh, if there is something out there or whatever one's belief is that exists, 
again, that whole why, the question of why is this happening? And then, which in some spiritual schools or teachings, they, they may say to stray away from the why and more of the question, the more accurate question may be how. Um, uh, so there's that whole dynamic. And then that definitely brings up like childhood emotions and feelings, especially when I was a kid of like hearing certain things about religion or spirituality or God. And then let's, I would, I would let me just stick with Santa Claus and the whole theme of Santa Claus in my experience audience okay. was like, Oh, I'm being a good kid all year long in anticipation of, cause I'm one of those kids. I took Santa Claus seriously. Like I cried, you know, they waited a while to tell me he wasn't real. I was arguing with kids at school that he wasn't real. Um, I mean, that he was real. And then they finally, you know, told me the truth. But in those formative, early, young, formative years, that pattern had already been started of I'm going to be on good behavior all year long because I expect good things to come of it. A, mm -hmm. there's some man in the sky with a beard, with a staff that's looking at me. When I say staff, I meant like the reindeers and the elves and stuff. I wasn't, you know, given a Jesus reference or anything with the staff. Um, but there's this man in the sky that's looking over me every day of my life, checking this list and checking it twice to tell me if I'm naughty or nice. And based upon that, I'll get receive good things from it if I'm good. Mm -hmm. So then there's already this pattern formed, at least again, in me, everybody's experience is different. I'm just sharing my self-awareness of this expectation if i do good things if i be on best behavior only good things will happen and um so yeah even some of that emotion kind of comes up but some of those memories of those feelings come up of like dang this type of stuff was, isn't supposed to happen to me like if i bring it back mm -hmm. to present day terms like oh i do all these things and volunteer i'm in the community da, 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 and done all this work and this stuff isn't supposed to happen to me or this you know this shouldn't be happening like life should be like uh birds chirping and blissful every day and 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 positivity and nurturing and uplifting i should have transcended all of this stuff and then so it's even working through some of that uh that thought process of that emotions of just reeling it back in and acceptance like uh, we started out with of okay this is happening and yeah. this is how i'm feeling even so this is Again, going back to how this is how this, these are all the different dynamics of how this is happening. What's what's the behavior? What's the trigger? What's the activity? What's the thought process? Is it familiar? A, also, do, do I see a pattern? And so I mentioned that was one of the other reasons I went more internal with it because I saw a pattern. I was like, okay, this kind of feels familiar. Or at least this narrative in my head is familiar. Mm. And so I mostly wanted to investigate that narrative in my head and kind of approach that differently and also this energy popping up in my body and my system is familiar and so for me these days i probably used to hold a lot more anger when i held anger it would get to my jawbone and and probably get to my my hands and muscles but right now when anger comes up it's specifically in like my lower i don't even know what organ that is but it's in my um the right almost like my lower diaphragm, right diaphragm. It's in my lower right back and I can feel it. 
and then so I just kind of work with that that spot versus again maybe it being a whole body visceral type experience but it's it kind of shoots it's kind of comes through my lower right back and so um yeah 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 so there's a lot more awareness in, involved and a lot more uh introspection or, or investigation or, or dialogue and acceptance you know like you said the, there's some grace uh maybe i skipped over the grace i'm not sure but um <laughs> yeah there's definitely so there, there had to be some grace in there somewhere and uh if i had to point out the grace in just talking to this probably was talking with my brother probably talking with friends like yourself talking with my neighbor um he even here being on a podcast talking about it um uh and sharing the story and even you know anyone else who may benefit from hearing this the story or these events or have these type of uh intense situations because for me you know anger it, at least in this level, it can be intense. Like I say, when something's consistent and ongoing, and like I say, it feels like I'm out, it's out of control, or it feels like helpless, or that sort of thing. You know, that's that that can be uh, extreme. I was looking on my phone. You might have noticed. I don't know if anybody mm -hmm. noticed, but um, because I heard that anger resides in the liver, so I was mm. looking it up. If liver's on the side of on that side, and it is, I need to look that up too. Yeah, I mean, it, it came up during one of my holistic uh, health lectures that I took back in 2017. Uh -huh. um, so they say anger resides in the liver. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're going to be able to Google that, but yeah, maybe take a note of it and look into it a little bit because I was thinking like maybe the kidneys or something. But um, yeah, the liver is on the right. It, it favors the right. It kind of goes through the back, but it it's more on the right side of your body mm. on, in the diaphragm, like right under your lungs or I right in the it. lungs. Yeah. Dang. See that audience? We just had a, wow, that's right where, that's where it's at. I'm just, I just pulled it up and look, look, looked it up, but dang, that's strong. And just so I don't know, not everybody can see mm -mm. anywho, we had too much glare, but so this is a testament. That's right. <laughs> when anger comes up, that's the primary location where I feel it at is right mm -hmm. there in like my lower, lower back diaphragm area, you know, right beneath the lung. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like I've talked too much. So you could, but anyway, I'll, so the interesting comparison too is noticing, also noticing how I feel when I put myself in other situations or like when i leave the house or when i'm around different people and like you said i i do want to address it before it spills over too much um but that's been nice to still been able to access other emotions and not have that emotion over cloud too much of like life experience and um kind of dictate or dominate my entire life experience of of right. It's just more so when I'm in it, you know, that's the experience. But when I'm outside of it, technically, it's not the experience. The only frustration has been like, you know, if I feel tired or groggy or lack of sleep or something like that. But yeah. Um, anywho, like I, I would said, say it, that's be been a benefit of yoga and or meditation for me as well. It's the ability to, I don't want to call it compartmentalize because I don't feel like that's what's happening. I feel like it's more that I'll 
I'll be removed from that experience. And I notice when I'm in another experience, I've forgotten about it. But I will say when I'm put back in that experience, it didn't go away. Like, I'm, right. I, it's like, oh, I'm here. I'm visiting this emotion again. But like, I have been very surprised at like how I can be in different situations throughout the day. I can be really upset. And then all of a sudden I'm fine. I'm like, I'm not fine. I have this thing going on over here. And yet it's not present at that moment, which it's kind of, I will say it started freaking me out once I really started to realize it um, a few years ago. It's been a, it's been a couple of years, few years since I've been able to do this. And it was a huge shift in my life to not allow a situation to become my mood for that day, that Mm. week, that month, like that is where my depression years ago stemmed from. One situation would color my whole day, whole Mm. week, whole two weeks, month, whatever. And until I found a solution or I had a certain conversation, that emotion did not move. It was always running in the background, like a program uh, that was maybe I could be normal in situations, but I was still thinking about something. I was still overly like sad or something, even if people couldn't tell. But now it's very different. Like they can, emotions can turn on and off and it feels healthy. It just, but it also feels different. Like that is not how I used to experience emotions at all and or situations in general. Um, a few, probably back at least 2016 for sure. Mm. Um, I can't really pinpoint, but that's around when I started my yoga practice was late 2016 Mm. as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still so interested in that liver thing. That was kind of cool that I was like, Oh, I remember this from my health coaching days. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what it brings up for me is um, for listeners who study or familiar with like the energy system within the body and as like talking about like chakras, uh, which are energy, major energy centers that that, you know, that some practices or or Eastern practices believe exist in the body. In my mind, I also connect that to the system that um, acupuncture uses. And Mm -hmm. so like when people put people who are trained in alternative medicine or healing, they put needles in certain places so that energy can flow through certain organs and muscles and release certain blockages and so forth and so on. So in study of these energy centers, especially the major energy centers, um, each one is connecting to emotions. They're connected to organs. And also they, there's seven major ones, but then there's I believe it's 72,000 channels, energy channels, smaller like energy veins or vessels that travel throughout the body. And so that even came up during this process of like um, that awareness, as you're talking about now, going to the organ of the awareness of inner flow of energy being just um, so the the seven major energy centers are are said to travel along the spine and, um, um, and the third eye and the crown. And so it even brought that greater awareness of like, oh, okay, my energy system actually expands beyond those centers. And so then that kind of even helped the flow of this inner movement of emotion. If we want to, if I want to go into, you know, describe emotion as energy and motion of like, okay, but what is processing anger? What is the process of 
moving energy or even if it's thoughts. And I actually, I brought this up at meditation, um, uh, one meditation yesterday about thoughts. You know, people say thoughts, you know, some say thoughts are energy. So even if I stop treating the thought like it's an actual thing and just kind of reference it as energy moving through a system, through an energetic system. And what is what does that feel like? What does that experience feel like? So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of peel back on it there because I'm still uh, like I said, these are some new awarenesses or some deeper awarenesses or some deeper insights that this experience has brought up. And so it allowed me to get a very uh, personal, uh, excuse me, that was a belch, uh, a personal practice with or intimate practice with or intimate experience with because, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so now, you know, it's a different skill set or it's a different set of experiences to share. Um, yeah. So like I said, I'm, th I'm thankful. For that or, or you know that's even a, a aspect of grace as well too to to get those insights so for sure yeah i'm over here writing down some stuff because we won't have time today to go over all of the, the things that you've talked about that i want to touch on maybe on another episode okay um, one of the topics that i'm really interested in talking a little deeper in that i think can be somewhat harmful in spiritual practice that um is the good things should be happening to me because I am doing good things. And like, mm. you know, I see that happening a lot. And this idea, I think it comes through the law of attraction and or this belief that your life here and how you perceive your life is it creates your reality. And um, somewhat think that that's true but again i want to go into i want to maybe that yeah. could be a whole episode at some point because i think there's a lot of that that i agree with and there's a lot of it that i don't um because i've mm -hmm. personally experienced it during times as you're speaking of like i was doing everything right quote unquote right and life just was really being stupid so um couldn't understand it and it, it really shifted my perspective about that and it also makes me feel like it becomes yeah like you said like childhood repackaged or or religion right. religion repackaged into this right. idea that the divine is rewarding those who are good when if you really know about the divine the divine loves everyone equally mm. and mm. And there's nature involved and, you know, doesn't discriminate. Um, but again, there's parts of it that I agree with and I can understand why people think that. And there's other parts that I wholeheartedly don't agree with. And I wish people would stop saying because I, like I said, it's people are floating into spirituality because they find it to be more accepting, but then they're just repackaging um, beliefs um, via childhood and or religion, putting it into spiritual, um, universal principles that I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about that. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, by context, the con the principle or the belief or the program is the same, just in a different setting or different, like I say, package. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so at that point we just, we, again, call it what it is, you know, but uh -huh. like, but you know, and I see, and I, I think sometimes we have a hard, or I have a hard time debating certain products practices and topics because I'm like, 
I can see both sides, but I really want to talk about this side because I don't think nobody talking about that side. So um, also before we head off, I I did look at where, again, I was looking at where the liver is and um, it's around the solar plexus area, Mm. which is why when people are, um, you know, a lot with the solar plexus is... um, can be when people are overly aggressive or under aggressive, like Mm -hmm. they don't speak up for themselves or they don't have willpower or they exert willpower. It's in that area, which is interesting Mm -hmm. because if the liver's there and it's having a moment and it's angry, um, it would probably have effect on the solar plexus, which is located around the navel area right there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really interesting. That's pretty cool. This is my favorite thing. I mean, chakras are kind of my specialty. All right. All right. So, um, so right. I love talking about, I used to want to write a book, um, but I w- I'm not like a doctor or anything, but I wanted to write a book about which organs are affected by certain energy centers vice- and vice versa, how not taking care of the body um, mm-hmm. in certain organs and um, can affect certain energy centers. Like it's not right. always emotional. It's somewhat energetic and causing emotions from right. the lack of care anyways not saying you're not caring about your liver but yeah no no what it is is again it's it's kind of taking experience or taking into account the multitude of ways to 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 process energy or to process an experience so again one outlet from previously is that me and a guy might have got into an argument which is still a potential possibility depending on how things proceed Yep. Um, another potential, I can't even say it's a potential possibility because I haven't been in that many fights. Um, mm-hmm. thankfully, you know, so yes. if I do talk about grace, that's all that, that has been a graceful factor in life. I, I haven't been in tons of like physical, uh, fisticuffs or anything like that. For listeners, I'm actually <laughs> rotating my fist up in the, in the screen right now. Yeah, I'm getting scared. Um, uh, <laughs> But that's not to say that I, I, I do feel like, you know, I'm confident or at least I can hold my own. Like I could defend myself. I can, you know, yeah. do all the above. Um, but I'm thankful that uh, that's rarely had to be the case. So, again, it's also finding, at least in my case, finding a balance of what uh, someone's like a doctor, like prescribing what is the best prescription or medicine, really. Let's just say medicine for this situation in different layers you know what is the best medicine because okay it might be again i i have had situations that once i had internal peace like the it externally dissolved and things just naturally uh, surprisingly you know talk about that i mean it was surprising it was almost miraculous that external situation changed but that doesn't that necessarily isn't the case in this situation so it's like oh what is the proper prescription from at least from my lens or at least as i navigate it for this solution or for this resolution which as i start out saying it may be a blend you know part of it's i've gotten some internal gifts or insights or awarenesses or techniques and then another part you know like i said i may still have to uh um Call because again, I did do my external research, and one of the recommendations was to get a log, make sure I have proof. So, I have tons of recordings of dogs barking and music being played at different hours on different days at different times. And, um, like I said, I already did file my report. So, yeah, it's a blend of both. I'm taking external 
action and steps and internal actions and steps and giving myself some sense of relief in different ways um, until, again, I reach, you know, a solution is, 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 is attained. Yep. Yeah. Well. Beautiful. All righty. All right, everyone. We just had an episode about anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. But multi-layered emotion, energy. We just had an episode about energy. How about that? Uh, a certain yeah. aspect of energy. Yeah. And anger, yeah. you know, but no, nah, yeah. just. Uh, but thank you all for, uh, yeah, being here and listening and con- those that continue to listen and subscribe. I've uh, really been thankful for just to, sh- you know, I, even we've even had a couple of shares on Facebook, which was uh, phenomenal. And um, yeah, just a uh, big gratitude, big gratitude. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. So if you haven't yet, um, rate the podcast, review the podcast. You can send any questions or topics to the email that we have in the description below. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Anything else that I'm missing, James? All streaming platforms, yes. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. YouTube. YouTube. Yep. All those places. So, yeah. Thank you all for being here. It's a good conversation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Till next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>